With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning, Birdland. I'm Mark Brown. I've been covering the Orioles for more than a decade on CamdenChat.com and hosting this podcast for 87 episodes and counting. It is now December the 11th, 2023, since we last spoke in the aftermath of the Orioles signing Craig Kimbrell to be the closer next year, Absolutely nothing has changed with the Orioles, but for those who are closely following every report and rumor, it was an eventful few days nonetheless. These were the three big things. First, on Thursday, there was a report in Bloomberg that a Baltimore-born, D.C.-based billionaire named David Rubenstein has been in talks to buy the Orioles possibly as soon as the first half of next year. Second, on Friday, there was a report that the Orioles and the Maryland Stadium Authority had a tentative agreement on a 30-year lease. However, within hours, this agreement appeared to have been put on hold because of objections raised by a key state lawmaker. And while all this lease stuff was going on, there was rampant speculation that Shohei Otani might be on the verge of signing with the Toronto Blue Jays. It was all a very dramatic path to absolutely nothing happening uh, over the last few days from any of this. I shouldn't say nothing. Otani obviously signed instead with the Dodgers, but that doesn't have as much direct impact on the Orioles' uh, fortune. So, you know, let's start with Otani, because if he had signed with the Blue Jays, I think that obviously would have had the most impact on the on-field Orioles next year. Uh, You know, on Friday, a certain percentage of the baseball world became transfixed by the idea of one private plane flight that was going from Los Angeles to Toronto, which as far as I can tell, was suspected to have Otani on it on the sole basis of one random person on Twitter's claim that Otani likes to travel by the particular type of private plane that 
was uh, being used for that flight. This ended up spawning a entire morning and afternoon of speculation as to whether Otani was traveling to Toronto in order to announce he's signing with the Blue Jays or whether he might just be doing a standard free agent ballpark tour or if he was going there to take the physical for a contract that would soon to be announced and so on. At least one mainstream baseball reporter who up until this point has been someone who I have found to be an informed reporter on baseball rumors and news, even claimed that Otani was actually on the plane. Uh, As it turned out, the plane belongs to some guy who's on Shark Tank, and uh, that's who was flying on the plane. So this, uh, the number of people who were possibly believing this included, as far as I understand, at least one person in the air traffic control tower in Toronto who greeted the plane uh, with a vague reference to the idea that someone mysterious might be on it, and possibly even the uh, border agents who came onto the plane for uh, greeting the private plane flight. So, yeah, it was it was a weird situation. But anyway, in what came across to me as a great troll move, Otani announced on his Instagram on Saturday that he would be signing with the Dodgers. Uh, reporting quickly indicated that this is a massive and unprecedented contract with a total value of $700 million for 10 years of playing baseball, with most of that money deferred off into the future. As of this recording, the Dodgers have not announced the contract, so if there is any kind of problem with the physical, it's going to be a big, dramatic mess. But for now in Birdland, we can breathe a sigh of relief because Otani playing in the NL West is a lot better than Otani joining Toronto and competing for an Orioles division opponent. I do think one of the underappreciated challenges facing the 2024 Orioles, and this is true regardless of Otani not ending up in Toronto, uh, I think the the challenge is that a good chunk of whether or not they can repeat winning the East has nothing to do with the Orioles roster itself. It's uh, contingent on other teams in the division out here trying to improve. You know, we've already seen the Yankees pull off a couple of trades in the last week, including a big deal that brought them the still young star outfielder Juan Soto and another smaller deal where they also acquired outfielder Alex Verdugo from the Red Sox. You know, uh, a part of the Orioles' path to 101 wins this year and winning the East is that the Yankees had what was for them a down year, finishing just, and I'm using air quotes for just, 82-80. and 80. That was 19 games back for the division and seven games back of a wildcard spot. So, yes, that's disappointing when you've got the Yankees' payroll. Um, but part of why that happened to the Yankees is that their offense pretty much stunk other than Aaron Judge OPSing over 1,000. Now they've plugged two holes in their offense by getting Soto and Verdugo. They're thought to still be a candidate to sign Japanese pitcher Yoshinobu Yamamoto, which pairing him with Garrett Cole in the Yankees rotation would also be very dangerous. So we're lucky that it seems like the Jays are not getting Otani. Uh, We should not lose sight that there are teams out there trying to make big improvements, and the Orioles are going to have to overcome those teams next year in order to continue to have success. The front office should not lose sight of this either, and I certainly hope that they won't. I'm going to take a quick break for a message from a Fans First Sports Network sponsor, and then we can dive into all that least drama. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so yeah, the lease business, you know, it's just plain frustrating that it's December the 11th and it hasn't been settled yet. Uh, we're running out of time in 2023, right? Of course, earlier this year, the Orioles declined an option they had in the previous lease that would extend that lease by a five-year uh, term for the one-time extension. At one point, John Angelo suggested the new lease would be an all-star break gift for the fan fans. Uh, things ended up dragging out all through the baseball season. Occasionally, with reporting from the local papers, uh, The Sun and The Banner, on demands being made by Angelos that seem to indicate he has uh, delusions of real estate grandeur that he is hoping to um, fulfill somehow by getting uh, some kind of development rights on property immediately adjacent to Camden Yards. And this was emphasized, I think, by Angelos himself when he got a interview, a very softball interview in the New York Times, in which one of the things he suggested was the idea of an elementary school in the B&O warehouse, which doesn't really seem like um, it has much practical use in the current state of the area around Camden Yards to me. Now, as we probably all remember, on what turned out to be the same night the Orioles clinched the AL East this year, the team made a Jumbotron announcement that a deal had been agreed to that will keep the Orioles in Baltimore for at least 30 years. Now, despite the idiocy, idiocy that uh, Angelos had shown throughout the season, I didn't actually believe he was enough of a cynical loser to proclaim the thing was finished when it wasn't finished. More fool I... Uh, and then it came out in subsequent days that there was only an agreement on a non-binding memorandum of understanding. I got to say, I remain a bit embarrassed to this day that I wrote on Camden Chat in the aftermath of that agreement, thinking that that was really it, the lease was done. But instead, the process continued to drag on. 
Now, I don't think the response to this is to panic that the team could move to Nashville, as John's brother Lewis once suggested was a possibility in the since-resolved intra-Angelos lawsuits that came up within the last couple of years. It's just really dumb that it's not done yet. And then, on Friday, we had a report from the Baltimore Sun that a tentative agreement had been reached and that unlike the grandiose Orioles announcement in September, this was really, really, truly an agreed-upon deal that would only require the approval of the Maryland Stadium Authority Board and the state's Board of Public Works. That seemed like that really might be more or less the final word on the matter, except then, later in the day, on Friday, the Baltimore Banner reported that the process had been halted after all, as the paper said that when Governor Westmore and staff were briefing key state uh, lawmakers on the deal, Maryland State Senate President Bill Ferguson, whose district includes Oriole Park at Camden Yards, objected to the terms of the deal. Ferguson said in a statement to the banner, quote, Fundamentally, I believe that the long-term lease for the use of the ballpark should not be contingent on whether or not a private owner receives a 99-year ground lease to develop land owned by Maryland taxpayers, end quote. Ferguson added in the statement that the news of a potential sale of the team only made the concern more relevant because, you know, you don't know who you're giving a 99-year lease to if the Orioles can't turn around and sell uh, the land again. And so that's, uh, that's where things stand. Ferguson, he's not someone who will be voting directly on the deal to approve the lease, but by virtue of being the president of the Maryland State Senate, he is a significant enough figure in state politics that uh, the deal simply cannot go on against his wishes. He has plenty of ability to use his other authority to wreck things that are important to either Governor Moore or John Angelos. So how's it going to get resolved? Well, there could end up being some political horse trading where things that Ferguson wants are suddenly uh, approved where they had not been happening previously, and that might make him drop his objection. They could end up reaching a deal that is more satisfactory to Ferguson. It seems to me it would maybe be more reasonable if the team is allowed to lease develop property for as long as the Orioles are playing games at Camden Yards. So it wouldn't be a 99-year lease, but let's say a 30-year lease uh, coinciding with the Orioles' lease at Camden Yards. I don't know if uh, State Senator Ferguson would feel the same way. Maybe it will end up being that uh, his objection to the ground lease will end up being the thing that finally gets John Angelos to accept that his dreams of something like what exists outside of the new Brave Stadium in the Atlanta suburbs simply cannot be accomplished at the Camden Yards Sports Complex. I am not holding my breath for that last one. You know, it really might just be possible if the whole of lots A, B, and C were available for redevelopment, but that isn't the case because a substantial amount of surface parking is promised to the Ravens for tailgating purposes. In my opinion, Senate President Ferguson is not wrong to lodge his objections to the particular provision of the lease granting uh, a 99-year ground lease to some area around the stadium. Having said that, I do think from an urban planning standpoint, um, parking lots are just about the worst land use that you can have. It's better to let somebody develop it than just have the lots sit there. But there's no solution to that when the state has already promised what it has to the Ravens. According to the Baltimore Banner, the ground lease uh, being considered, well, that was in the tentative agreement that's now been shot through, uh, that would cover the warehouse 
a vacant Camden Station building, and some small portion of adjacent parking to Camden Yards. I'm guessing maybe that means lot A. Maybe it means the small lots in front of the warehouse. Uh, But in any case, any plans for any kind of development would have to be approved by uh, the State Historical Trust, as well as a panel of state lawmakers down the road. So, you know, on some level, I almost wonder if it's worth allowing the basic idea of that development uh, into the deal just to make the deal happen, because maybe it's not actually possible for Angelos to spearhead getting anything built later on. Uh, The Orioles would have, under the terms of the tentative lease that is now on hold, four years to get that development figured out. And I certainly don't think that John Angelos has a shovel-ready plan that he's ready to go for tomorrow or that he will be able to quickly settle on one because he um, just doesn't really seem like a guy who's capable of doing that or mm, executing any kind of vision uh, in any way, honestly. Okay, but although there's 20 days until the lease expires, it is still not a crisis. A stadium authority executive told media this past week that if the lease does expire, it's not like they're going to be kicking the Orioles out of their office space immediately. Things would probably go month to month. Maybe even they would just uh, agree upon a lease to cover all of 2024 and continue negotiating the 30-year deal. No one involved is going nuclear about the Uh, idea of the Orioles continuing to play in Baltimore, at least in any public statement. So I don't think there's any reason to worry about things going like the athletics in Oakland. But, you know, still, it's weird that it's not done. And it seems like John Angelos is a big reason, if not the only reason, why everything is weird and why it is still not done. I just don't like that freaking guy. Which, of course, is what made it so exciting when the story came along about Rubenstein's interest in the team. As my Camden Chat colleague Paul Folkemer noted, Rubenstein is not just wealthy. He has owned the only privately owned copy of the Magna Carta wealthy. Angelos has made such a poor impression of himself every time he's opened his mouth publicly throughout 2023, particularly with his categorical statements about not making substantial investment in player contracts, that this is a case where any devil that you don't know feels like It's got to be better than the devil you do know. And I think even a replacement level owner would be an improvement on Angelos. And it should be expected that any owner with local ties should be no worse than John Angelos. I will say, though, that Rubenstein is already 74 years old. It is quite possible that even if he did buy the team, we would be going through this uh, ownership uncertainty again in another decade or so with questions of, okay, is it going to be sold? Is it going to pass to the next generation? Whatever. Uh, Further, he is only wealthy because of his involvement in the Carlyle Group, one of the five largest private equity firms in the world. I'm going to spare you a politics and views digression here, but I will just say I don't think it would be very good news for the fortunes of our favorite baseball team if the Orioles were to be run with a private equity mindset. In any case... The chief wrinkle in the idea of being rid of Angelos is that the banner reported on Thursday night that presumably in the wake of that Bloomberg report, Angelos called Governor Moore to assure him that the Angelos family has no plans to sell its stake in the Orioles. It is expected that only the death of Peter Angelos, now 94 years old, would create a favorable tax situation for the family to sell. 
John Angelos, um, he's kind of proven himself to be a liar throughout 2023 on a variety of topics. So really, his word to the governor is probably worth nothing. It does seem plausible enough that the family knows already that it's going to sell its stake upon Peter's passing, and perhaps they've been quietly attempting to line that up for some unspecified future time, and that those quiet moves finally bubbled up to the surface enough to be reported in Bloomberg last week. It's also quite possible that the family recently received some news that uh, the already quite elderly Peter Angelos is uh, not going to be around for too much longer, so quiet discussions became less quiet in the last uh, little bit of time, and that also could have been why uh, that came to the surface at Bloomberg. But, you know, it also seems plausible that uh, being the controlling partner of the Orioles is the only way for John Angelos to attempt to make up for his inadequacies in life, such as the widely remarked upon idea that he could never pass the bar exam, and for the son to attempt to surpass the father as some kind of civic legend who kept the team in Baltimore and brought a World Series championship back to the city. It does also seem like Angelos's delusions of real estate grandeur can only be realized if he ties that development to the Orioles' lease. Never mind that John Angelos himself is one challenge that the Orioles are going to have to overcome to uh, sustain or maximize any success they may find. Fail sons like him just do not have the self-awareness to see it that way. Getting a therapist would be a lot cheaper and probably a lot better for everybody, but instead we've got this ongoing lease drama and whatever else through 2023 and for as long as it goes on for uh, John Angelos being at ultimately the helm of the Baltimore Orioles. I wish there was happier news for the podcast this week, but that just wasn't the way it was. And that's all that I've got for today. If you have enjoyed this show, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and consider leaving a rating or a review. As a reminder, you can email camdencastpod at gmail.com to get your question or opinion in a future episode's mailbag segment. I will be back next week for the last scheduled podcast of 2023. After that, we will be back maybe uh, right on the start of 2024, maybe a week off. I haven't decided yet, but either way, I will be back with you on the 18th. We'll see if we have any more Orioles news to discuss or if it will just be more of a wrap-up of what honestly was a pretty awesome year for the Baltimore Orioles. Good Morning Birdland is a Camden Cast production on the Fans First Sports Network. This is Mark Brown signing off.